Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast, episode 198. We are finally back. From the oh land of gosh. the dead. Practically. I still feel half dead. <laughs> we had the bad flu. We We've been sick. Flu. Yeah. And you were working a bunch before that. I had to get, it started off with Never Shall I Fail. I had to get that in the can. Got to go to Vegas, meet up with everybody. Uh, got a little injury there while I was there. Um, that kind of sidelined me for a few days, but I had to keep working on Never Shall I Fail. Came back, had to jump on Strange Company, then had to jump on Hard Target Editing. There were some other business things. And it's just like, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to like stop for the month and catch up on all this admin work. Galaxy's Edge usually goes through um, in December planning mode for what the new year is going to be. There's a lot of planning because we're shifting gears into a new publishing model. We're becoming a micro publisher. Then there's usually a crisis that comes uh, from Amazon like, hey, we took all your books down. Um, and there's no hope of you ever getting paid again. Good luck with your payroll and everything you have hanging out there. And then we go, oh, what happened? And then they go, oh, a bot turned off your entire account. But if you ever do anything like this again, you're, you're fired. And we're like, we didn't do anything. So there was a minor little thing like that with one of the author's titles. That got straightened out. Um, and then uh, a relative came to visit. That relative probably exposed us to the, uh, the fever. Mm -hmm. And then the Medusa, like a liar, told me... Oh, then we had to go back to Vegas to visit some people. Then we came back. It was like a quick day trip. Then the Medusa, like a liar, told me that she did not feel sick and wanted to go visit her relatives. But it was clear that within an hour of being beyond the point of no return, that the Medusa was just steps away from being carried off by the fever. I thought I was just exhausted and worn out um, from, um, like, when we have company, we do more than we normally do in our normal schedule, especially, like you said, driving to Vegas in one day, basically, to visit yeah. some people and coming back, stuff like that. Like, if you do that for, like, a few days with me, it's I get super exhausted. Like, I have problems. <laughs> I need, like, a very not crazy schedule and then I'm always healthy but like if I push it I get so anyway I thought I was just really exhausted from that I yeah. didn't know I was sick until like you said probably an hour into the car trip and then I think we both realized oh yeah I think I'm maybe like sick <laughs> and then we got where we were going mm -hmm. and you thought everybody will just want to see me because I'm sick and I'll get credit for seeing everybody let's let's all let's all be honest that's why you know you, when you go visit relatives and you try to knock everybody out in a certain area you're trying to get credit. Well, I think you think of it that way. I don't think of it as getting credit. I think you think of it that way, too. Mm, it's slightly different. I think of it more as assuaging my guilt for another, like, few months. Because I'll start feeling guilty, like, oh, no, I haven't seen this person in almost a year. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's bad. I need to see them, you know, and blah, blah, blah. It's more like that for me. So when I, quote, unquote, as you say, knock everybody out, <laughs> it's just more like, okay, I'm set. I have no guilt now for, like, a good few months with anyone. I've yeah. seen everyone, and now I can just, like, do my life for a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that didn't happen. That <laughs> I didn't, didn't get happen to see anyone except every, my Because everybody was like, oh, you're sick? <laughs> well, we don't want to get sick. And so it was a totally no-credit-received trip. 
Well, I saw my parents. Yeah. Then I lied my way out of there by telling everybody, once she's better, we'll come back. I have no intention of returning. Did you have that intention when you said it? Yes. Okay, I thought so. I I was was just lying. I was doing whatever I could to get off the X. So you were lying even in the moment? Yes, I was lying. Oh, you're brutal. I know. But you never lie to me. I can't believe you lied to me. You you had already disabled the mutual integrity (laughs) pact. By lying to get me to go. I didn't so, lie. So you, I really just thought I was exhausted. It was, it was mad. Mutually assured destruction. Aww. You fired your lie missiles. <laughs> I did. I wasn't lying. I realized that the only way to get Vanistan off the objective <laughs> I was, not lying. was to fire my lie missiles. <laughs> but I was more clever about firing my lie missiles than you were about yours. I had to ask you today. I was like, so are we still planning on going? And honestly, I still feel really exhausted. The, so, like, I don't totally feel And like what it. was the cold? You were all, no. <laughs> yeah. That is that is the cold, brutal reality. There was no of, question. Of a post-apocalyptic yeah. lie missile world. And that, no, I'm you not going. You like, no. I have no intention of returning. I'm like, oh, did you already know that? And you're like, yeah. I was like, why didn't you say anything? Sorry. <laughs> You're crazy. See, we've all showed all our cards now, mm-hmm. and that's the way it is. I'm too exhausted to fight too much. <laughs> well, we never fight. No, I know. I mean, but, you know. But, you know. I have my corner on this. You are a bull, which is ironic because I'm a bull. But you're like a bull, too. You're like a bull in a china shop, so you're kind of like the chaos bull. But I have learned to become a matador bull. with you and to manage you. <laughs> and, like, you have had these points in our, our relationship where you're like, I am going to do this thing, and I've fought it or I've done, and I've found that, like, you're going to do it. And so you have to be managed in the doing of it. I see. Yeah. And so it wasn't until you had reached this total state of swooning sickness where the whole trip was ruined that you were ready to be rescued. And it was good that I did rescue you, you because sick. then on the way home, like, ah, uh, I could feel it coming on. And yeah. now I've got the fever. Yeah. And we're not even to Fresno. And I'm like, I don't want to end up getting sick and having to pull into a hotel in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as the Rolling Stones enjoyed Bakersfield, I do not. Th- I, I think the fe- I think having the fever in Bakersfield would be equivalent to the Rolling Stones' years in Bakersfield, but uh, we didn't need that. So we made it home, and I already by the time we got home, I already had the chills, I had the shakes, and then it just proceeded to just go downhill for a week. Yeah, like an entire week, and uh, like we're still a little knocked down, honestly. But here we are. Here we are. We're back, and it's been Yay. a it's been wild. Yeah, like just because we it, we had a lot of time to uh, listen to stuff and podcast and and kind of get what we want to talk about, make some plans. There was a lot of plan making for the new year. How I'm going to organize all the things. I have a lot of writing projects to do, but uh, apparently people do like the podcast and they would like me to continue. And um, so my policy for going forward with the podcast will be I'm going to do. Um, minimum one podcast a week and that might be the maximum and uh, it's going to be on Tuesdays and it's only going to be for the paid subscribers so that's cool and then uh, Wednesday uh, uh, I'm going to resume the Tolkien project and that's going to be another you know recorded podcast and everything like that I'm not going to be as hard and fast on that there's just going to be more episodes because I want to I want to continue to do that and get that done when there's a chance throughout the week, I'll do an extra podcast for everybody else. But for the people that are supporting this podcast, um, 
it's going to move to Tuesdays is going to be just for them. And that is, that is podcast day. So today will be for everybody. It'll be a free podcast for everybody to catch everybody up and any other podcasts until the end of the year, which is just a few short days away. But after that, it's going to move pretty much to, uh, if you want to regularly tune in and hang out with us and do these kinds of things, um, then it's going to be for paid subscribers only. And uh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll, I'll try to do some extra ones and some topical ones for just the general population and keep people interested. And then they can read the Tolkien Project if they want to. Um, but the paid people, they get to listen to it. Very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so what is, like, one thing that's on your mind that, as you said, we've been, you know, watching a lot of stuff and whatnot while we've been recuperating? I think um, the state of the world is is becoming increasingly interesting. We've been paying attention to a lot of what's going on. And there seems to be two consensuses developing. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, I can't really say which one I, I know is right. But it does seem like a lot of the people who, like we could say for want of a better word, are on our side, are feeling victory, are feeling like the globalists have been broken, that their plans did not work out, you know, as to put it in Terminator 2, uh, things, the, the control grid was smashed, and, Sky, and, and Skynet had nothing left but to do a, an end run doomsday strike and deny victory to everybody. Um, you could look at it that way. I think there's some evidence. I mean, someone made a really great case. They said, you know, when you look at the BIS, Bank of International Settlement, um, in 2015, they were talking about definitely implementing a digital currency by 2018, and that never happened. Right. So there are things where you could say, okay, something did go awry. I think it's clear that Trump went awry somehow. Now, it's interesting if you look at who Trump's backers are. It's definitely MBS, the Saudis, um, things like that. Um, they definitely seem to want to screw with the New World Order. What is the New World Order? I think the New World Order are the what you would call the City of London royalists, which would be the royal family, would be the Rothschilds. You would see the American deep state involved in that. And I think by proxy China, because China is has kind of been developed as an Eastern slave plantation for the globalists, and it's administered by the CCP. Um, but then there's a couple interesting things that have happened. There are reports that um, what some people call the owners, which would be the globalists, which would be the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the DuPonts, the royal family, um, some of the power families in America and stuff like that, the owners seem to be curiously absent now. And so what has happened? What is What has really happened? I think that, one, Trump threw everything for a success. The Trump, I mean, for a, for a loop. Trump threw uh, the timetable that they had scheduled for locking down the control grid in place. He threw that. Um that somehow caused a mob war. They had to go to COVID. I don't think that they were ready to go to COVID. And I think COVID 
had a lot of success. Um, look at the things that happened during COVID, and it's very interesting, the things that are coming out now. Everything that they told us to do was bad for us. Don't get vitamin D. Don't take ivermectin. Don't go to the gym. Don't be out in the sun. Don't go to church. Don't go to church. <laughs> wear masks. All these things. And all these things that have now been proven to have actually harmed and been bad. So, like, you could look at the globalists, the WF, the WHO, um, and say everything that you did, it's very hard for you guys now to cover up the fact that you clearly seem to be serving a depopulationist agenda. Okay, well, that, that could well be the case. Is that is that true? Is that how they feel? It does seem to be. They are issuing a lot of white papers right now about how the American people have lost trust in them. So they do seem... They do seem to be wanting to, quote unquote, rebuild the trust that they felt that they had. Um, I don't think that they are honest about that, because to really be honest about that, you would actually have to be transparent and you'd have to lay all your cards out on the table. And that they can't do because I think it is a depopulation agenda. So I think that they ginned up this misinformation movement and the misinformation movement is kind of a bad play because it flies in the face of free speech. And free speech is one of those core Western civilization values that has permeated the entire world. And so you're seeing a lot of like Paris was on fire this weekend. Wow. Uh, yeah, they don't, I don't talk think about I knew that. that. Yeah, all kinds of things. People are really railing mm -hmm. about the loss of freedom and rights and things like that. And so you could say for the people that are saying the globalists seem to have some problems right now. Um, China's banks are collapsing. That was last week. This week, China is experiencing an unprecedented wave of death because their zero COVID policy, policy collapsed. There probably is this flu running around and a few other things, and it just wipe, it's wiping out their people and their system. China's having a really, really hard time. Now you have to go back and you have to look at Trudeau, who even today is saying the only way through COVID is to stay up on your vaccinations. Well, he's getting ratioed for saying those things on Twitter because people are. it, it is clear that people are over the vaccine. There will always be the morons. There will always be the entrained in the mind control who don't actually believe in the vaccine, but they believe in their NPR, you know, uh, pledge drive tote more um, than they believe that the vaccine will hurt them. And they just they think it's a badge to have it because it somehow means that you're not Trump. The irony is Trump is pro-vaccine, like a lot of very barely thought through policies. So the globalists do seem to be in some flail mode. Unfortunately, it's not all bad for them. They have captured almost everything. They've captured media. They've captured most government. I don't think you're going to see any kind of meaningful change going into the new year because Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell are out there telling you to be like, here's where your stakes are cut. You may not like Ukraine. We had to do this. Or anything. It's like, no, this is just all a bunch of uniparty bullshit. I think we can extend that to Elon Musk. I, I like the things that Elon Musk says and does, and it's interesting, but I'll tell you, I got a really bad vibe. That dude's the Antichrist. And I can do a separate podcast on that and talk about that. It gets a little theological. I'm not one of those people that goes around looking for the Antichrist, adding up the numbers. Well, it's not my jam, but I don't know why. I got a serious vibe that that guy is, is bad news. 
and I feel bad because I like him. But, you know, you probably would like the Antichrist. Yeah, I think I at first he will be likable. Yeah. How else is he going to get everyone to, you know, jump on board and trust him, like, fairly across the board at first? Yeah. So it makes sense. Dr. He's Mahmoud, obviously going to have a Dr. lot of Dr. Mahmood boob job has showed up today. <laughs> yes. In his uh, jaunty little walk with his belly protruding, and he's wearing a just a baby blue powder precious a blanket jacket, quilted, like a quilted, quilted jacket. blanket jacket. He just has the broadest yeah. smile on his face. I know he always looks so happy to be going and getting. He's a boob coffee. job doctor. <laughs> boob job doctor. Why we, wouldn't we he be think. happy? We don't know for sure. I think he's a boob job doctor because I see a lot of weird boob jobs coming out of <laughs> where he is. Why is he so happy then? He does. Oh, he gets to look at boobs. Ones. That's what men like. We like boobs. But he makes them look weird. Well, maybe that's his jam. <laughs> he doesn't think they look weird. Right on. Puts that thumb up there like a Picasso. This is good to go. <laughs> then runs down here to get his cake and his coffee. And <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Um, this is weird about the Elon Musk thing, okay. though, because you were floating that at my parents. I was floating that. And one of the well, things. Well, I had to have cover for the lies that I was about to tell. <laughs> no, but one of the things that. You know, I think a lot of Christians are pretty sure about is that the Antichrist will most likely be Jewish or have some sort yeah, of that's Jewish a little background in thing some about way, shape, Elon or form. Musk. And we're like, well, he's not Jewish, and blah blah blah. blah. My dad looks it up while we're sitting there, he and is. he does have some Jewishness in his yeah, background. Went to Jewish school, yeah, shul, as shul. they might say. <laughs> oh, Rabbi, Rabbi Benjuda Nikki. <laughs> and we were like, what? Yeah. That's crazy. And you, the audience should know you were a cantor in a Jewish temple. Well, I was a cantor in Catholic churches, but okay. in Jewish, I did sing in Jewish churches, but their they cantors. They call them temples. That's true, temples. But their cantors are a totally different thing. And, that's true. And it's, like, a whole, it's a whole job. You're like, you train degree. like as much as a rabbi do. To be, so yeah. no, I was not a cantor yeah. in a Jewish temple, but yeah. I did sing in Jewish temple. But, but you, you sang the morning Jewish wailing. High holy days. High yeah. holy days. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, so Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur for many yeah. years. One time we went and saw a Jewish movie where cantors were singing, and oh. I looked over at you, and you were just like, tears were coming down your eyes, and you looked at me, and you're like, ah. That guy had like a beautiful tenor voice, and it was like the most dramatic reveal of the movie while he's singing like so beautifully, but he reveals that this guy's family was basically yeah. one of the ones killed, and as he's been searching for like years and it was just, Oh my gosh. I, whoops. Sorry. I just hit my microphone. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, it got me. Yes. Yes. That's it was, true. it was a beautiful moment. It was more fun to watch it get you. I was like, Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, but you know, okay. Look at it from my cynical position that minimum that he may not be everything. He's certainly being sold to us as the good billionaire. Right. The Tony Stark billionaire right now. I he mean, wants to like, put the good brain chips in your you know, head, not yeah, the bad he ones. He wants to put the good brain <laughs> chips in your head. I mean, that's that's sort of the truest statement that you can make. You have to remember, you have to consider all this Elon Musk stuff, flamethrowers and freedom and space stuff. And satanic Halloween costumes. Yeah, you also have to remember he wants to put brain chips in your brain. Right. You know, so that you'll think the good thoughts about freedom. <laughs> And what are the good thoughts? The, the thoughts that the chips tell you to, to do. I mean, like, we are getting into some very weird territory. And I, like I said, like I started this off, I don't know that the globalists have won or lost. Um, from a tactical standpoint, I'm just looking at it and I'm saying, I don't know that the plan's going as smoothly as it should or 
my fear is that it's going very smoothly and you know again like how I write novels I know the beginning and the end and then I solve to get to connect the two points well if you know Bill Gates again runs another simulation tabletop exercise like he did before COVID just did this in October and this one is about a, a respiratory virus that kills a lot of children and of course the combative weapon that the globalists use to do it is is attacking misinformation and more control and more vaccines and blah 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 and okay and Bill Gates was there he was there at the thing catastrophic and, contagion yeah and um, what is Bill Gates deal like uh, the I can't tell you what the guy wants to do today to day. He has too much money and he's too many tentacles and hail Hydra to know, but you can go back and look at the things he and his family have articulated and they have very plainly told you that there are too many people. And so he's decided to offer you health treatments so that you can live longer because there's too many people. <laughs> right. Like that, that kind of doesn't sense. make sense. But then you look at the things that he's done and they've actually killed a lot of people. But, you know, he's a funny millionaire who wears sweaters, and, and he's like Grandpa Bill Gates, you know, and so that's, that's okay. I, I would say one of the revelations I, I had, and I, this is a cynical one, is people are dumber than I ever thought. And that's one, I, I, like I said, I've talked about on the podcast, I, I was an athlete, and I ended up going to game stores when I was a kid, and I met really high-functioning Asperger's, autists, you know, and I, and I just... I grew up with them, and I thought, oh, everybody's really smart. I'm actually not that smart. And I'm not sitting here saying I'm smart. It's just I kind of had this default position for most of my young adult life, thinking everybody was really smart. And now I'm kind of looking at this, and I'm looking at the choices people make and the things that they choose to believe and, and flying in the face of evidence. You know, a chick sitting there on the camera talking out of the side of her mouth because she has Bell's palsy and saying, I would do this again. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, you know, one of the smartest, I learned a couple of things this year that really transformed me. And one of those things was this guy who worked for NASA, and he would ask, the, he was a big problem solver, and he solved a lot of really cool problems. And the thing that he, the people who knew him said, you know, he did this and everything that you did, how do you know that? And like they were solving this con complicated um, missile trajectory. And they're like, oh, well, we're using, you know, Euclidean geometry. And he's like, how do you know that? We're using Euclidean geometry. The formulas are right there. And he's like, okay, let's go through and work the formulas and see if it's right. And they found flaws. Mm -hmm. And it's like the simple, you know, we all have experienced this when you post anything on the internet. You suddenly get these people who jump up and want to tell you beyond an absolute certainty where the best coconut cake is. And it's like, how do you know that? Have you tried all the coconut cakes or, you know, like, you know, or you mentioned something about computers. We had this early on the podcast. We'd say, you know, AI, or we would talk about... The, the kill switch, the, kill like switch the internet kill the internet. switch. No, this, shut it off. I work, I'm a scientist, and I work for government agencies and have patents. You know, I got all these people and everything like that. And then I just took them right back and showed them where Barack Obama installed the internet kill switch. Yes, you probably can still get on the internet if you know how to code and you know all the other little nodes and blah, blah, blah. And you can make your own little mesh node network and blah, blah, blah. But for 99% of the people, <laughs> the moment you turn off that one button on the iPhone, why do you think they wanted one button on the original iPhone? You're done. I, I'll even make it 
seem, I'll even dumb it down for you more. The moment that they turn off Facebook, people will think the internet collapsed. Doesn't matter if it collapses. All they need to do is make you think it collapsed and it's right. gone. So, um, that was one thing I learned this year is, how, is to ask myself and everything, how do you know that? Another thing that was interesting, I just heard a story recently, and it was about uh, an English prime minister named Gladstone. And this guy came to him and he says, hey, I, I want to uh, go into politics. And he asked him, what then? He's like, well, then I'll do this thing. And they asked him, what then? And then he says, like, well, then I'll do this thing. What then? He took the guy through his entire life. And what I learned from that example is, and it's something I'm trying to apply in my own life, is whatever I decide or plan to do or have an idea about, I'm going to ask myself, what then? Because mm -hmm. I kind of want to know what then. I keep kind of getting blindsided by the what then. I'll do something and then I'm like, oh, I never expected this result. And it would be the what then. So if we apply all those things to kind of what we're seeing right now and looking at what the globalists are doing because they're definitely feeling their moment, I think that you could argue that what a lot of people are saying, that the things for the globalists are not working out. Um, yeah, it, it, it well could be. I, I don't really understand right at this moment how you can... The, they need two more things to lock down the global control grid, which would be the China system, but writ large. Now in China, if they didn't want you to go to the bank, they just turned your pass red you couldn't access transportation. You couldn't access your bank account. You could even be locked out of your house. That was pretty firm and pretty effective, but it was all through um, their WeChat system, which, going back to Elon Musk, he wants to make Twitter like WeChat. WeChat in, in his China. his own words, yeah. Yeah, those are his own words. WeChat in China is how they control you, 100%. Um, but if you, if you, Americans are not Chinese. And so we'll throw our phones down into the gutter. We'll pretend that our guns got buried in the lake. You know, we, 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 we are very good at finding ways not to play by the system. And so if you see the globalists beginning to fall apart and lose control, do I think they're all going to go into a room and go, well, boys, we tried our best. The plan didn't work. Everybody, you're out for your own now. Take what you want. We'll get back together in another hundred years and try this again. No, I don't think they're going to do that. I think that they're pretty close. And if you observe them, when things don't go their way, like remember, Hillary Clinton was supposed to be the president of the United States of America. Something happened. Um, they take yourself back in time to that moment. They lost their minds. Yeah. They collectively lost their minds. For the entire four years. And even. they did crazy stuff that gut shot their party. They mm -hmm. radicalized America against them through the four years of Trump to the point that they had to steal two elections. Again, that's not a win. Like you, can, It's great to steal election if not everybody in the world thinks that you stole an election. But the, the need to get rid of Trump was so bad that they had to nakedly steal two elections and so that also is that you can't now go to everybody and say, we claim a mandate from the people. We claim popular support. No, it's pretty clear to everybody that you stole the election. So, again, it's, it's like the teenage girl who can't get the boy that she wants to love her. They're increasingly going through more histronics and dramatic things. 
in this effort to get their way, like a spoiled brat. And that's that's not being in control. So where that gives me concern and pause is if you do buy the people who are saying, listen, the control grid is smashed, the globalists are down, things are not working for them. Like I said, they're not going to get together and say, oh, well, they're going to double down and do something harder. Yeah, something pretty desperate. And so why else do they have a uh, simulation in October about a respiratory virus aimed at children? Because they're planning to roll one out. Because you may be afraid for yourself, but you're damn sure afraid of those kids. Right. And that's how cynical these people are. They would attack your kids to show you how good they are for you at protecting your kids. Mm-hmm. So I fear, I fear, I fear Skynet. I fear Skynet's final solution to win. Yeah. And then that brings us to the point of the AI and the singularity. And it does, if you pay attention to a lot of the literature and the things that people are saying and blah, 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 um, they do seem to be convinced that they can feel a super genius AI. They are engaging in a series of apologetics for it right now, saying, listen, and Kissinger just wrote a book about it. Henry Kissinger, known bad guy, um, basically wrote a book with someone and basically said, listen, the AI is going to manage us, but it's so super intelligent and beyond our ability to understand it, that some of the things that we'll do will be cruel, but they'll be for our best. Does this sound anything like Nietzsche's Ubermenschen philosophy? Like, if you, like, I mean, this is the stuff of Nazis. And here you have Henry Kissinger literally spouting it. The world has, when you look at the details and the architecture, the world has absolutely lost its effing mind. Yeah, but as you've been kind of alluding to, not really. Not the people as a whole. I think the people as a whole are becoming more and more aware and, like, not for this stuff. But it's the people that have, you know, hostile takeover, taken over the power structures. It's kind of just them. Yeah. More and more people are like, Yeah, no. I, I definitely think they've lost their mind. I, you know, it's funny. I was just watching some sort of video about some rich kid in a suite in Paris and he was screaming at his family for more allowance. He was an adult. Wow. And I mean he was histronic. And it's like people forget that when you live in a bubble things are different. So to that man child living this elitist life, he was he his survival mode was to scream at his rich dad for more money. And to broadcast it on the internet, like I don't think. Oh, so he uh, put it out himself. Someone was, you know, and he didn't see it. Like, and I, you know, being growing up in Newport Beach and around rich people and stuff like that, I've heard of stuff like this and people like that and stuff like that. And it's just like you can poo-poo it, and you can you can come from your perspective, and you can say, oh, you know, and and it is bad, it is bad behavior. But don't for a second think that us lower class people don't have our form, our own forms of bad behavior. We do. It's just don't underestimate the power of the bubble to convince you that the insane thing that you're doing is absolutely right. You can just look at examples of Nazi Germany or you can look at somebody who was given the ivory tower experience in every moment of their life and it's they think that it's perfectly logical to act like a spoiled screaming child as an adult to get an allowance. <laughs> right. 
you know, like, I mean, I think, I think we could all sit there at our, like, everybody in this podcast could sit down and do a master class on the fact that an adult should not have an allowance. And why, you know, like, it, it's just the elites in their bubbles when you get to guys like Bill Gates. And I was thinking about this yesterday. They have convinced themselves that destroying you is for the greater good and that they're actually doing the right thing. And that's that's so wrong. It's so dark. But I, I really do think that that is the moment. It's, it's very interesting what's going on right now. A lot of the politicians are very quiet. You're seeing the Congress flail. Um, it's only got a few days left. Then we're supposed to believe that there's going to be a regime change. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, there are some serious, serious problems on the horizon. There are these attacks against the energy grid. They're clearly being done by Antifa, but the newspapers are out there ginning up the right-wing right MAGA story. Right-wing terrorists. Right-wing terrorists. So you're like, <laughs> you know, like the level of batshit insanity, it's like the only way for this to get fixed now is such a total and utter breakdown that the lies can no longer survive. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people's lives are based on lies. The lie of easy credit, the lie of social media, the lie of um, thinking that you have rights and all these kinds of things. Like, I think I think we are about to see all those things die a very hard death. Flipping over to two more stories that we could touch on really fast, I highly encourage... Um, Maybe we'll put in the dark journalist interview with Whitey Webb. We can put in part one, and but then part two was behind their paywall. Yeah. But part one was. Then there was another one. She was on Glenn Beck too. Yeah, that was a good one. Maybe the Glenn Beck one really is good a good one. one. I call her Whitey, but her name's Whitney. Whitney. <laughs> um, but I do that with people's names. So. What I find interesting about her is that everyone across the board on our side, you know. Um, that we listen to, but there we listen to a broad spectrum of people on our side. They all are like, "Oh my gosh, you're a wunderkind, basically." You're... She's some kind of high-functioning Asperger's yeah. autist mm-hmm. who can see patterns like no one can see them, and all the connections, and has a ferocious yeah. uh, mind for research and consumption. Mm-hmm. But you really need to understand her, and I think you can do that very quickly in, a, in, in an interview, with what she says about Epstein. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that all the things that you're upset about Epstein aren't really what it's about. They're, they're like all the bad, tip of the iceberg, they're, but there's they're so much they're more. They're all actually the lurid distraction. Mm-hmm. Right. They're the thing that's actually distracting you from what Epstein was really about, which is far worse. I mean, it's hard to say far worse because doing that to young underage girls and yes. allowing them to be used like that and ruin their lives. I mean, that's so horrible. But I think you mean like uh, a higher majority of his crimes were actually not even related to that. Probably the more majority of his crimes were like financial and things like that. Yeah, is as, that she, as she puts it up, she she says he's a, he is a, most people think of him as a sex trafficker with a financial crime past. Mm-hmm. He was actually... A financial criminal, or a financial criminal, of the largest proportions ever seen, who happened to dabble in sex trafficking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But the media has wisely gone with the sex trafficking narrative because that's so lurid, and that's what we're all so upset about. And it is bad. I'm not mitigating. I'm just saying, like, 
actually, if you got into this stuff, like you would see that the damage he did as a financial criminalist affects you directly. And I think has permeated through the entire system. Oh yeah. And it's really, really bad. And he's not the only one doing it. They're all doing it. Blah, blah, blah. But very interesting stuff. Um, Last thing I would jump on, and I'd like to find a good documentary on this, but um, the Datlov expedition, have you ever heard of that? Yeah, let's see, what was that? The Dyatlov incident, I think yeah, they call it, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's these Russian hikers who go out in the wilderness in 1956 or 9. Something like that, yeah. And they get found murdered or something like that something weird happened to to them out in the woods and it's bizarre there are a lot of things there's a lot of bizarre things about what happened they were extremely um like knowledgeable in all this outdoorsy stuff yeah they weren't just amateurs they were they were extreme hikers yeah and it's even documented through photographs and stuff like that but they go out in the woods and seem to lose their minds. Right. And they're found in all these different positions in two different locations. There's a lot of weird stuff that goes on around it and blah, blah, blah. But if you can kind of look it up, if we can find a good documentary and get into it. We did listen to one on the Richard Dolan show. Maybe we can post that. That'll give you a taste for it. Um, oh, the Dyatlov Pass incident. The Dyatlov Pass incident. Yeah. Uh, I think it's definitely worth checking out. I'm becoming, I think this year, the one of the sources of investigation, maybe focusing sort of on the wilderness stuff and what kind of goes on out there, because there's a there's there's a lot of weirdness going on out there. I like the missing 411 stuff. I think there's more to that. Um, but the Dyatlov thing is 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 very weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think one weird thing was that they were all about the same age. They were pretty young, maybe like, what was it, 18 to 20, young 20s-ish kind of age range. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute, this way older guy. Who's kind of weird. Who's kind of weird. Who's what, like maybe 38 or something, like yeah. a lot older than them, suddenly gets like the guy that was going to lead their group suddenly is like not going to lead them and this guy's going to lead them. But there was like weird stuff about it. Yeah. And it was random. It was at the last minute, and he seemed strange. And so there's some questionable stuff about him, maybe, but it's all really weird. Yeah. yeah. It was very, very, very weird stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, because one of the things we watched in our sickness was a newer Missing 411 movie that we had to. That like, was what we did on Christmas Day. We had to buy it on Amazon Prime because yeah. it's pretty it, good. It was pretty good was about good, the UFOs and stuff like that, and just uh, some. One of the things I like about that guy is he um, he gives you data points to pay attention to in each story, but he doesn't connect the dots. But they're pretty clear. Like, and man, in this one he was like, and this person of Germanic, ex- mm. and he and he mm. keeps going on. And it's like, but he never tells you why the Germanic thing interests him. But if you kind of go d- into the UFO sort of deep state architecture. And what many people believe is a, is a sort of Fourth Reich that still exists out there in South America and the Antarctica and maybe even Mars. I know that's wild stuff. 
Um, but it was, but it, it's true that the, the, all these guys that were abducted in this one area were Germanic, mm-hmm. and they weren't all necessarily from that area. And some weird things came through. And but he at least puts the data point in there, and you're like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, he's a really like sober guy. He's definitely not crazy, but he's like he's like I have an open enough mind that yeah, if these people seem credible, I take what they say seriously. But he's like I don't know what to make of it sometimes. I think if there wouldn't have been a COVID, and again, maybe that's where we'll end this podcast. Trump comes along, and it's clear to everybody that something has malfunctioned. Um, even me, I, I had no intention of voting for Trump from day one. And even when I voted for Trump on the day of the election, I had no idea that he was going to win. That we were going to get Hillary Clinton. It was just going to be that, you know, just further downhill slide. But then you begin to study everything, and you realize that people, you know, and you can start going back all the way to Kennedy. And you can see that there are people who are picking the winners and have been for some time. And, you know, you can find the, con- uh, the, the comment Nixon makes about what was the difference between him and Johnson. And he just very quietly said Johnson was willing to kill for the presidency and I wasn't. Wow. You know, um, that there, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on where people were trying to keep it they were tired of the game being so random. And so they began to solve for some sort of, you know, normalcy that they could exert control and influence over so that they could work on the plans that they had. Um, and then Trump comes along, and, and the script gets totally flipped. And... The, the one thing that I would say that perhaps the deep state globalists are having problems points to the fact that they had to go with COVID. And the reason that I would say that I think COVID, COVID in my own personal life, and I bet it's in yours too, and I bet it's in a lot of other people's. And when I look at, you're seeing a lot of leftists now lose their faith in the government. You're seeing, uh, I mean, here's an example, Tim Robbins who, as an actor, you know, like, since 91, him and Susan Sarandon getting up and wearing the AIDS ribbon, this guy, and I know people who know him, and they say he's crazy. Like, him and Sean Penn, I, we knew an actress who knew both of them and was in there. They have this little theater in Hollywood called the Comedia dell'Arta, and they all wear masks, and it's just total bullshit, and it's just a thing for Tim Robbins and, and, and Sean Penn to basically score on young actresses, and blah, but it's all this highfalutin, fancy-dancing bullshit. Um, he is a full-on hardcore leftist. Now, you saw him come out this week and say, I was wrong about how we treated people about COVID, and I think this was wrong. Now, he may be a lot of things that I don't like or agree with, but you know what? That showed that he is a real live man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he, he went and said, you know what? I was wrong. And that's what you do as a man. You mm-hmm. don't sit there and double down on your wrongness because you don't have that luxury as a man. When you're a man and you're in charge of how things are, regardless of what this civilization tries to tell you about women being in charge, and it, no, it's you who gets up in the middle of the night and goes out to the garage when you hear a noise. You are in charge. 
And the one luxury you don't have as a man and being in charge is doubling down on being wrong because your wrong gets everybody killed. So Tim Robbins was a man this week. Mm -hmm. Maybe a lot of shitty other things, but at least he was a man this week and he said, you know what, I was wrong. You see COVID doing that and it did it in my own life where when I realized that they lied about COVID, I began to say, what else did they lie about? Exactly. And that has led to a lot of things to where there was somebody, there was a senator who was on the review documents board for the Kennedy files. And they said, okay, you've had a look inside. What's it all about? And he, the only thing he would say is, it's all a lie. And that's all he would say. And you see that kind of similar statement creeping up and things and everything like that. Now, there was a time, me, myself, Captain America, United States Army, stuff like that. I wasn't a captain. Um, second lieutenant. Um, I would have never believed those things. Mm -hmm. But COVID made me consider that everything that we knew was bullshit. So why did COVID happen? Because they had to get rid of Trump. Why did Trump happen? Because the machine failed and Hillary didn't get elected. So that would be, you know, summing up this entire podcast today. If, the, if there's something that tells me it's not all going according to plan, it's COVID. Because COVID, it, it, had, it was a success. It did a lot of stuff. But long term, it, it caused America to, and a, lot, a large portion of the rest of Western civilization to freak out, to no longer trust government, to um, fight and rail, to take responsibility for their own health and their own information. And what you're seeing now is the globalists double down harder. You will have the shots. You will live in the pods. You will eat the bugs. We, you will not say the things that we don't want to do. As someone said, uh, they said, whenever someone has said, to, you have to do this thing to be on the right side of history, statistically, 100% of the time, it's never been on the right side of history. Mm -hmm. When the fascists have to come in and tell you, we're doing this for the greater good, the answer is the death camps probably aren't for the greater good. Exactly. And so when you see people having to, like in a relationship, if you see somebody having to control someone harder, look at their cell phone, uh, look at their checkbook, find out where their time was and everything like that, that's probably not a great relationship. A great relationship is when someone doesn't want to do that. A great country, the United States of America, was when people had shops and garages to go and tinker in and make great devices and inventions to take to the rest of the American public that then were sold. And that's how America actually became a really big nation, thanks to God. What do you have now? They're going out of their way to shut those people down. Big business has been picked by government to crush any innovation, any private food stand, any mom-and-pop bicycle shop, so that you can shop on Amazon. So that tells you right there, it's the same thing, it's this control thing. It, it's showing you that they're not in control, that it's not a great nation, there's no trust, all of these kinds of things. And so when we get to COVID, what that tells me is they had to go with something so dire because they had lost control. And COVID gave them a little control, and it did get rid of Trump, but 
what are the results? You have a president that no one thinks is the president. You have a nation that no longer trusts you. And you're holding on by this thin veneer of power, which you place in the military, but you've poisoned the military. And most of the military that isn't poisoned doesn't want to be in the military. And you well, think you that you're, them out because yeah, they want to get yeah. the vaccine. And you think that you're going to save yourself from a private mercenary army that you've got hiding around the United States and in Canada and China. But I know about it, and I've told people about it, and other people are telling people about it. And here's the thing about mercenaries. You should study mercenaries. They're very untrustworthy. Yeah, it's very, not like very the whole untrustworthy. thing. <laughs> and you want mercenaries to wipe out a nation of 120 billion, 120 million gun-toting hillbillies whose hobby is shooting stuff at long range. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all very desperate. And maybe that's the thing to consider, and maybe that's why we are going to win. But I'm just going to say it. They're not going to let you win. You're probably going to have to violently win. Because violence is the only language that they seem to want to communicate in. I wish they would have a language where they could sit down and have a cup of coffee and we could get 50 delegates in a room here at this coffee house and we could hash out how to get back to the Constitution and how to do all these things, but they don't want to do that. Instead, if you have that conversation, they get together and ban you from social media and try to have you arrested and are getting into this pre-crime thing with the AI and the super AI. Okay, you're choosing violence. So the violence that's coming towards you, you chose that. When you get dragged from your limo and hung from a light pole by an extension cord, you chose that. And that's the podcast.